Welcome to Coop Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you, I uh, I got one of those Fitbits and because uh, I'm trying to get in shape. And I, I, I use this app called Viggo where you watch TV and you get points. And so I, I got it for a, I got a Fitbit with it. And Joanne had one. So I said, I'll try it. And I'm going to tell you something. This this thing, I've only had it for two days. So we'll see if I stick with it. But it's amazing because it tracks how many steps you take. And if you don't make your goals, it's fine. Because honestly, who's walking five miles a day? And who's taking 10,000 steps? But it's great because you actually monitor monitor it and even like water you drink it you know you drink 64 ounces of water and i don't drink enough water and now i'm like a water drinking machine i mean seriously i I mean i woke up like four times last night to pee because it was just i drank so much water throughout the night i drank like 95 ounces of water yesterday i want to drink too much water because then you can get sick i heard but uh so yeah so you should go and get the fitbit because it's just uh it keeps you in shape and it keeps you motivated and we all have to be in shape now because it's new year summer's coming up and you want to look good anyway I have a I have a, a special guest on today. It's funny you you heard me mention him a lot back you know about six eight months ago because whenever I had, I needed a guest, I, I, I someone would cancel. He'd always be busy like writing something or doing something, but he's always always send me these guests. Like I, I mean sometimes I get these guests. I'd have to I'd have a guest coming in at like eleven forty five to record. And I had the one o'clock spot. And then he would end up getting me a text around 11.25. And the guests would always come in. And you know I mentioned him a lot. So it's uh, Patrick O'Sullivan. How you doing, Patrick? Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, no, you, it's so funny because you know so many people. And, and I would sit there and I would go, oh, my God, I need a guest. Who am I going to hit? Patrick. And I, I would always start off on Facebook. And then I just said, screw it. I'm going to text him. <laughs> and uh, now how do, you, how do you know all these people? I mean, I, like Dante <laughs> Bosco and, and, uh, and, uh, and who's the dancer? Um dancer no the guy who does flash mobs oh conroe conroe and then la monica garrett who sure. who i had someone else who was on a uh, an episode of um it was sons on, of anarchy yeah but he knew la monica and we're just like oh uh, sean mcbride sean mcnab mm-hmm. and he's like we're just like god la monica is like it's just like he's so ripped it's like it's oh, unfortunately action you know, figure yeah people should not be built like that and and you know i mean i mean it's not thank god he doesn't do comedy because you do comedy and i and you're a good looking guy but i hate when like really good looking guys do comedy and you're like come on man you know you're very you're very handsome just stick to like acting or modeling <laughs> yeah he's he's something else uh how do i know these people i don't know i guess i just kind of dip into different pools of people that's, that sounds wrong. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's not, but no, no, you're from the Bay Area. I am from the Bay Area. And they're off in the Bay Area. Yeah, but I didn't know any of them there. Oh, really? You met them down here? Well, I knew Conroe. Conroe, we went to college together. But, uh, yeah, the other two, no. Now, are you a big Giants fan? You're a big Giants fan, huge, aren't you? Huge, huge. Now, I got to tell you, it's... Uh, that, it's it's getting tiresome because they just, they just I mean for a fan it's great but it's like what did they win three of the last five years three of the last five and it's so funny it's because like no one thought they were going to win last year like every, and that's what's no that one thought the, they were going to win any of those and, and that's what's great and it's so funny and they always said they get like everyone's like oh you got when you know I remember when they signed Barry Zito and Zito was like the stud and he didn't do crap and then the kid Matt Kane who I used to always have on fantasy teams uh-huh. and then this year I think I because I, I do an auto draft I think I had Lincecum and I was saying to people I said Lincecum's to me is done as a starter just because he was so good he was so dominant and the whole thing when he got drafted with Kershaw everyone's like oh Kershaw's never going to develop and now Kershaw's a stud except for the playoffs but then you get this guy who's the guy he had this year oh, Madison Bumgarner who just comes in like like yeah I mean he's one of those games like he's got a dumbass name and he, he just comes in and it's so dominating and as, as a as, as a giant fan it must be amazing when he goes in the mound and you basically know he's awesome he's gonna win I just saw a speech that Magic Johnson gave at the Sports Illustrated Awards where he talked about how he loved and hated Larry Bird. And then he said he finally found the second man in his life that he loved and hated, and that is Madison Bumgarner. Because he owns the Dodgers, you know? Yeah, well, he owns everybody in the playoffs. <laughs> so now, last... well, Magic literally owns the Dodgers. Yeah, I know, but you know, they're the team that just spends too much money. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second, you know? But the Giants hopefully will do good. Then you're a Niners fan? Yep. Yeah, you know, they'll see what happens. You know, let's you'll get Kurt Warner's going to work with uh, what's his name? Eh, Colin Kaepernick. I don't know about that. I look at sports as like the spectrum of your life. So in my life, have the Niners been very good? Yes. So you know, my Niners is funny. I'm an Eagles fan, but I always say to the Niners. I, I pose this question. I said everybody hates Dallas. You know, everyone's like screw the Cowboys. The funny thing is, the Niners have won more Super Bowls, and that's what's great about it. That's what because people always say about 
Cowboys fans go, oh, you're an Eagles fan. How many Super Bowls? And I'm like, guys, you won three, you won two, and you haven't won anything for years. I mean, that's that's great. That says some, that says multitudes about the uh, the Niners because you don't hear you don't hear people unless you're a Seahawk fan or in that division. You don't hear people hating on the on the Niners. Oh no, you, you kidding me? Forty Winers? I mean, you hear that all the time. But there are people who like the Seahawks or like the Raiders. Okay. It's, it's not like I'm not sitting. There, I mean, I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm not going. Oh man, screw right. the Niners because they have such a great. I mean, how can you not like? Montana. Oh yeah, and now he's on all those damn commercials, yeah. taking your work. What's he doing with that? <laughs> I, I have a, a group text going on with my friends where they basically they just love to throw things at me to try to prove Montana's not the greatest, and then I'll just do research after research and just throw the facts at them until I pummel them and prove that he's once again the greatest. It's yeah, it's it's so subjective. I mean, but I mean, he's top five, and you can't. It's so different. You can't argue. He's I mean, top one, Steve. For you, yeah. Well, for you know, okay. Fact. He's the uh, Patrick's mic's going off. No, no, no. I want to. I want to refresh the guests. Now, now you grew up in the Bay Area, and now what brought you to LA? Do you always wanted to be an actor? Uh, no, I was a class clown growing up. I wasn't a theater kid. I mean, maybe deep down, I always wanted to perform, but didn't know it. I was uh, more into sports growing up, and then as I got a little older, like high school, kind of sports fell by the wayside. Didn't really know what I was gonna do with my life, and then uh, when I got to college, I started studying theater. And then I went, oh, yeah, I want to do this. I want to perform. And it kind of clicked in there, you know? Well, when you moved down here, you know, I know in the few, first few years were tough. We were talking. You did some productions. Oh, yeah. But then you got The Neighbors on ABC. <laughs> then, yeah, two, 12 years later. No, no, but I'm saying, no, but I'm saying, well, I want to talk about The Neighbors because sure. I, know, I know when you were on, it's, the series was in the first season, and, and you were lucky enough to work with Jamie Gertz, which everyone, you know, loves Jamie Gertz. Yeah, she's great. And now I got picked up for a second season. Right? Well, we already shot the second. Right. No, you shot that. Right. And then, but then, okay, sure, but then they didn't pick it up. What's that like as an, I mean, you guys aren't coming back, right? No. What's that like, though? Because you finally, you've gotten a break somewhat. I mean, I know it was recurring and you played one of the aliens yeah. with Doug Jones. Yes. Who's the, the tallest, skinniest person. I think his pa- people, Doug was on my show. You're you're what? You're 6'2? Six, six, six to 6'1. Six, and you're about 160. Whoa, hey, thanks. Uh, 175 Okay, Doug, Doug Jones is like 6'6", <laughs> six, six, and I think he weighs a buck twenty. <laughs> Maybe. So so you, you got the show, and, and it must be great, because, you know, are people, were people recognizing you? Very little. No, I mean, because, I mean, but you have that look, because he, people, he, he sort of has a Jim Carrey, Shamwell, yeah. Gary Busey. Well, you don't look I like do a lot of physical comedy. So I've been in conversations with groups of people where they organically just started talking about that show. And then somebody else in the circle will be like, you know, he's on that show. And then they're like, you are? I go, uh, yeah, sometimes. And then they go, huh. And then I go, I usually have a big smile when I'm saying my lines. And I'll do a smile. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> now, you, you got that show without uh, an agent or anything. How, how did I got you, the audition I, myself. How did you get that? Because people want to know. Because everyone says, you know. You can't do anything without an agent or you can't get auditions. Right. I mean, did you really have to work hard to do that? Were you using ins and outs or how'd that work? It was more just a uh, <coughs> kind of combination of just, you know, keep doing work and working hard. I had done a live show called Point Break Live, which still runs now where I played Gary Busey. Uh actor named Steven Del Gorino uh, came to see that, who was recurring on the show Happy Endings at the time. Right. And he was uh, directing it a production of the movie Showgirls, but with drag queens playing the lead parts. And he needed somebody to be kind of like the, uh, the this character who was like, you know, like a strip club MC and uh, producer kind of guy. So he's like, oh, you know, he cast me in that part. And I thought we had a good relationship at the time, and he had seen me do enough work where I felt confident to go, you know, Stephen, there's this one-line part on Happy Endings where you send my reel to the casting director. And he said, sure. So he did. She saw it, and I didn't had no clue about the neighbors at the time. She was casting that, Susan Bash, and amazing lady. And she uh, said, wow, he'd be really good for this show, and called me in for both. I ended up doing both shows, and the neighbors turned into a two-year recurring gig. Now, what was it like, though? I mean, everyone said it must have been depressing when, when the show, when you found out it's not going to renew i mean did they tell you or did you have to read it in the trades or like some people say they don't even know and then all of a sudden like they'll read it in the trades like oh this right. shows this show's canceled well in our case i think it's a credit to the man who created our show dan fogelman he actually let us all know before it came out in in his incredible way of you know letting us know how passionate he was about the show and what a great experience it was for him and 
and uh, that he fought hard to keep it, but that, you know, they were going to pull it off the air. So we actually got to know from him. What is Fogelman? I, I just saw his name. Is he involved with the show right he now? He has a new show called Gallivant. Okay, I, I saw, I was just flipping around. I didn't, I didn't really watch it. it was, I mean, you know, it's not my taste, but uh, I was sitting there and I saw the name. I was like, and when I saw it, I was like, Dan Fogelberg? I thought he was yeah. dead. But he has a wide spectrum of shows coming yeah. out. Did he do, and was he involved in Happy Endings or no? No, but he's got a lot of them on the way. So, okay, that's yeah. good because I mean, I mean, as I said, you know, neighbors—they're very different, which is great because TV mm-hmm. needs that. You know, it's like about—I mean, TV needs that because there's so much. Right. There were so many couples comedies that mm-hmm. came out, and a bunch of them got canceled. Yeah, and it's just like give us something different. That's why. That's why cable works. I mean, I don't want to say yeah. I'm not talking like girls getting you know Williams getting her ass eaten different. Like you sure. heard about that, right? For, on the girls this week. The show Girls with uh, Lena Dunham. No. I guess Allison Williams, Brian Williams' daughter, who played Peter Pan. There's a scene where she's, uh, the guy's eating her ass. <laughs> and everyone's like, it's not shocking, it's stupid. And they said it more looks like he's motorboating her ass <laughs> with the windows open. But we don't, I mean, I'm tired of that stuff. So this right. guy hopefully will give, you know, give good stuff. Now, yeah. after Neighbors, did people start, I mean, did, did that give you a little juice that, that helped you out a little bit in, in your career? Not that I know of. I was auditioning for mainly kids shows uh kind of nickelodeon and disney for a while and then it really just started to kick in i mean in terms of opportunities in the last two months and i can't explain it i'm finally after 14 years auditioning pretty consistently and i'm like wow okay i'm in the game now what what are you auditioning for because you have you're younger are you are you getting the old dad audition because you're sort of in the middle like you could play like it's a a weird fit yeah you could play like a college not a college kid but like a a a dorm guy or runs a dorm <laughs> i mean because i but i mean college would be a little stretching for oh, you. yeah but uh but you can play it but you can it's weird because you're you you have a comic you're a comic at sure. heart and you do have such a physical sure act mm-hmm. it must be weird when you get an audition for a dad because you're not a dad yeah right? so they, it's they of, usually consider me too youthful you know what i mean like just how i am uh but it's okay you know all i can do right now is just do my best and hope they remember you and i, I feel like i'm doing that uh, I did end up doing a, a show on Adult Swim, which I'm looking forward to seeing, called a, a Hot Package. Okay. <laughs> so that'll be coming out in the new year at some point. Just an episode, but I'm kind of the, the center of the episode. Now, what do you play? <laughs> that's that's what I can't really answer. It's such a crazy show, and it was all improv, and the way they shot it, I. I won't really know until I see the final product. Go, oh, okay. Uh, it'll be interesting. It, it, it's it definitely touches on the Jim Carrey aspect. Okay. Uh, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Now, now you brought back, and I couldn't make it. And I was so bummed because you brought back the Walking Show. Yeah, I do it a couple nights a year. You did, you did it like a month ago, or was it December or something? Or I believe it was November. And Joey Dallow was in it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And now, now. What makes you bring it back? Just because there's a demand, or how do you do? You have to sit there and go, you know, I really, I mean, and why don't you run it all the time? Well, we did used to run it all the time for years, and people came out, but it's difficult in LA. You know, everybody wants flavor of the month, and you can't keep those crowds coming and coming and coming. And also, you know, comedy's kind of gone away from the impersonation realm in terms of popularity. Uh, so we do it a couple nights a year just to do it because we like each other, we have fun. Uh, lets us know we still know the show. Right. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I'm still looking at maybe bringing it to some other places besides Los Angeles. Okay. We'll see. It's just, no, because it's a great yeah. day. It's people. Everyone impersonates walking. Mm-hmm. Right? That's like basically what the show is. Yeah. Well, it's a lot more than that. But. I mean, but no, tell <laughs> I mean, I, mean I've, I haven't seen it. But. Yeah. It's uh, basically covers uh, his life and it merges all the things that you know about him through pop culture. Uh, there's an interactive aspect, there's improv, there's multimedia, there's song, there's dance. So there are like 23 mini scenes packed into about 75 minutes, pretty rapid paced. Now, now what made you want to do that? I mean, just like, it's, it's such a cool idea and, and it's, that's, it's good because you, you do some, a lot of different stuff and I know you did, we'll talk about summer school and stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, but what, I mean, it's. What makes your mind sit there and go, first of all, when you sit down and write it, it must be challenging to write because you're probably sitting there. I mean, what, we, we both write. and Sometimes you write, you go, oh, this is just stupid. You yeah. know, and you sit there. I mean, it's so different but, I mean, and, and became very popular. What, what made you sit there and decide to write something like that? Well, for me, it was going to college with people who all impersonated walking. Not all, but a handful of us. By all, actually, I mean 
there was a guy, there was a girl. So kind of put the idea in my head, what if I do a show where everybody impersonates walking, men, women, different ethnicities, and uh, I think that'd be pretty entertaining. So it kind of grew from there, it grew pretty simple, and then just kept writing and finding different ways to put him in comedic situations and did a lot of research on his life and found out that a lot of the gold was already right there. You know, like, oh, my God, Christopher Walken was a lion tamer when he was a kid. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they, it was a stage thing, kind of, but he was a lion tamer. Uh, things like that, you know. And then I ended up doing Jack Nicholson after that, uh, all about Jack show. Uh, yeah, that's it. Now, the point break, I mean, how did that happen? I just came back from New York where I was uh, doubling Jim Carrey and Mr. Popper's Penguins. And they had auditions for that show. That show's been running for years. It was created in 2003 in Seattle. And they were auditioning for all the roles. Uh, they called me into audition for the Patrick Swayze part. This is kind of going back to your casting thing. Like, people have a hard time kind of pegging me down. And then when I got there, I said, you know, I'd really like the audition for the Gary Busey part. And I did, and I got that. So I ended up doing that for a couple of years. It's just cool. I mean, all the different stuff you do. And then you did the summer school production. Now, now, okay, that's that's just something different. I mean, were you a huge fan of that movie? Yes, I mean, I mean yes. now, did Dean Cameron come to see it? No, we were just talking to each other yesterday, though, via email. Because uh, I'm doing it again right now. Oh, you're doing it. So we're rehearsing. Okay, well, okay, well, we're, we're, I'm going to talk about this yeah. because, and Dean's great. I want to see Dean's show also about uh, the um, about if you you know his show. It's about the uh, the Nigerians. Uh, he did it a while ago. The Nigerian uh, scammer. He started following this guy and they started communicating. And he wrote a, a one man show about it. Really, and it was very know. popular and oh. and it was thing. And uh, and then people, Dean Cameron it was was in was the star. He was uh, what, what was his name in summer school. Uh, chainsaw. Yeah. So now, now, were you a huge fan of Summer? I mean, huge. it's like I mean, it's like I watched Porky's, but I wouldn't put Porky's the musical. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, how did that come about? And well, I mean, as a kid, did you just did you know every word? Or I mean, how did this happen? No, I was never the kind of guy who knew every word. I, I guess I connected with it too because I was a misfit kid. You know, I was always in detention or had to go to summer school and things like that. Uh, I, but I really related to the teacher as well, played by Mark Harmon, just because he was just like this easygoing, likable guy, but also funny. And he got the girl. You know, I'm like, that guy is so cool. Uh, but he was a teacher. He was like the cool teacher. And all the other characters around him, too. The thing about the movie is I never thought it was amazing, but I always found it endlessly entertaining. It's the same amount of entertaining every time I watch it. You know what I mean? It's it's so comforting. And it was always on cable, cable when I was on. When I was young, so uh, you turn on TV, you see, you're like, oh, summer school, great. I'm just going to have this on while I do whatever I do. <laughs> and uh, so I always had this idea. I, used, I had a friend, Dave Hoke, who used to live in L.A., and then he moved away. But we used to get coffee all the time, and it was funny because I, I, I would say to him, I've always wanted to do the movie Summer School on stage as like parody or whatever. And he's like, I love that movie. I want to be Chainsaw. He's like, that's amazing. I want to do that. So we talked about it for years and years and years. Unfortunately for Dave, I waited until he moved away to put it up as a production. Okay. He he did kind of irrationally uh, last year say, look, I checked in with my wife. I know I got a couple kids. She said it's cool if I come out to L.A. Uh, from Chicago and uh, stay there to do summer school. <laughs> I'm like, this is not realistic. But, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah, you're right. But I sure love the idea of it. Um so we did put it up for a night. Now I'm kind of retooling it and putting it up for a couple nights. And I had been corresponding with Dean, who I'm also going to end up doing a web series with soon. We were casting the same. He's the lead. I was casting a scene with him. And uh, and also Richard Horvitz, who plays Alan Ekian in Summer School, is in that same series. There's uh, a bunch of people in that series. Yeah, yeah the, the, the Love Boat guy. The, isn't the guy one from of the Brady Bunch kids? Is it, isn't uh, Schwartz in it? Scott uh, Schwartz, Schwartz from Christmas from Story and porn. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> in there. It's crazy. No, no, with the summer school. So you, you did you have to get the rights to? Do you have to contact someone to do that, or you could just do it? Well, it's a parody, so you know I'm not making money off it. I uh, and I guess they could shut me down, but fortunately for me. I always feel like I do these things in the right spirit because I'm not trying to make money. It's really that this is on my bucket list, and I really just want to put this up for a couple of nights. And it's an exercise and as an actor to play that part for me as well. Cause yeah, I'm, Mark Harmon. I'm playing I mean, Mr. Shoot. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so what was awesome is as literally as 
I was getting on stage last time, my phone buzzed, and I got a tweet from Jeff Franklin, who is the writer of Summer School, who went on to create Full House. And he's like, hey, man, I wish I knew about your show. Let me know about it next time, and I'm there. So I'm like, awesome. He digs this, wants to see that, and that's the writer of the show. That's another reason you know, I'm trying to get him to come out this time as well. I, uh, and unbeknownst to me at the time, I ended up doing this, uh, this series that they're shopping right now. And I didn't know that he was one of the producers. Well, I knew he was one of the producers, but I, I didn't connect it to, oh, that's the guy that wrote Summer School. Right. So it was crazy. It was like we were essentially already working together. Um, but, you know, the world does that. You find each other in some weird way. Well, when you wanted to write the summer school thing, did you you got you had to get the script? And now, did you make? I, mean, I didn't what, get the script. I, oh, so you, I watched you just, the movie and wrote it down. Really? <laughs> yeah. So you just sat there and, and wrote it. Like now, do you, was yeah. it verbatim from the script? The the finished product? Yeah. No. Okay. So how do you sit there and go? Okay, because you love the movie right. and it always entertains you, mm-hmm. and that's also must be intimidating. Going, this better be entertaining because you know I love this movie. Right. How do you sit there and uh, do, you, do you just sit there and write it and say, okay, I'm going to change this? I mean, how do you decide what you're going to change? Yeah, I mean, there's some jokes that are just sitting there waiting to be made. Most of them have to do with the time span. Like, oh, wow, that's how that was in the 80s. Now look at it now. Let's comment on that. So it's also kind of looking at the 80s, uh, the show a bit in a comedic light. Um, and then, you know, things organically just happen when you're rehearsing. Oh, I didn't think of that. Or they fit a certain actor well, you know. Oh, well, that actor has this about them. We can make a joke about that. Uh, there's some breaking of the fourth wall. So the jokes, the more I think, the more you do it, the more rehearse it, you rehearse it, the more uh, comedy is going to come out of it. And you're going to see different avenues you can go down with that, whether it's audience interaction or it's the actor playing the part or it has to do with the era that the movie was set in. Now, how much work? Did, I know you must have the work you're asking. How much work does it take you to get the play, you casted it, you have to get the venue, you have to promote it. Yeah, it's and and it's it's all this work for one day. I know it's on your bucket list, yeah. but it must be like, wait a second. I mean, how much work did you do? I mean, how, how many how many hours were you giving a day into this? I and mean, were you trying to audition at the same time when you were doing it? Uh, a couple auditions popped up, and I was probably working on it 16, 18 hours a day for, you know, that's just the six weeks leading up to it. And then before that is actually transcribing the script and all that stuff so it's a lot of work but yeah i don't know i have this thing where if i say i do something i have to do it even though you might be making a dollar right (laughs) you know um so it's a lot of work but i love it and we're going through that again because we haven't done it in four months so we're rehearsing a lot right now not a lot but a fair amount what made you decide to do it again i mean did you sit there because it was fun or i mean i mean it's something that you did it and then it's probably it's anything like you miss it. And you're probably like, wait a second, I missed this. And so, did you sit there? I mean, did, was it one night you're just sitting there going, were you doing a crappy stand up gig and going, you know what? Screw this, the big fish in Glendale where no one listens. <laughs> Screw this. I'm not. Oh, this isn't working in any. I'm not getting anything from this. And did you sit? Was there? Was it an epiphany to redo it again, or what happened? Well, when you do it, you see what it really is. When you do it for an audience, and then you go, oh, okay. And then you can do so much more with it, so you want to do it again. And at the same time, do I want these guys to come out? Yeah, I want Chainsaw to come. I want Jeff Franklin to come. I want these people that made this movie to see, you know, I'm sure it's a surprise to them that somebody's honoring this movie 27 years after it came out. And, uh, you know, I'd like to do it for them, for them to see it. Uh, And also the cast last time, they're like, you know, we're we're putting all this work in for one show? Right. (laughs) And I go, I know. I'm sorry. You know, it's just... Let's see if this is doable first. And uh, we did it, and it went well. So the cast, most of the cast is back, a cast of 17 people. <laughs> it's 17 people. Now, is uh, it going to be a Dragonfly again, or where is it going to be? No, it's nope. going to be at the Complex in Hollywood, uh, January 30th and 31st. Tickets are at theatermania.com. How do you go about finding the finding the venue do you sit there and do you have have to cold call them or do you say this or do you have to i mean how does that work well with the dragonfly i had a relationship with them because i'd done point break live and all about walking there and the same thing with the complex i have done things with them before and i've been around there for years taking classes and workshops and just renting the space to rehearse i've done stand-up shows there you know everything so that's about it and it's going to start January 30th and 31st? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. That's that's. So super- we, we've, I'm already thinking of doing another one the week after that because 
Dean told me he's out of town that weekend. I'm like, no. That's Super Bowl weekend, too. <laughs> I know, but the it's Super Bowl's the day after. Okay. So you can make it your summer school Super Bowl weekend. There you go. Exactly. And you can think Mark Harmon. Now, you should tweet Mark Harmon. I'm going to try. Now, do you tweet a lot? Are you tweeting a lot now? Uh, yeah, yeah, I tweet. Now, what do you tweet for? I know you do, are you doing stand-up a lot? Because yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know you, when I met you, you were doing comedy. Right. And then I know we ran into each other at the uh, Cupcakes uh, show down at oh, Bogey's. I just did that again. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Laura Hayden makes some great cupcakes. She <laughs> makes some fantastic cupcakes. And, and it's a good audience. It's for, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then <coughs> I did your show, the Bacon Wrap show. Mm-hmm. Now, are you still doing the Bacon Wrap show? No, not right now. Is that just, that was a cool bar, that, uh, the, the. Bar Lubitsch? Yeah, but it was yeah. a lot of hipsters. Oh really? The night I was there, it was young. One, one girl up front wouldn't shut the hell up. Yeah, she happens. was a drunk idiot, and yeah. it's like, and you don't want to trash her because she's cute, and you feel right. bad, and it's like, and then right. you look like a dick. And there's not really, it wasn't. The stage is very close to the crowd. Right. So now, now, what made you? Uh, you've always wanted. When did you start doing stand up? Uh, consistently, 2011. Okay, and now you had tooled with it and toyed around with it, right? And then before that, yeah, yeah. And so then, sure. what made you decide you wanted to do it more? Just the love for it, or I mean, what what was that about? Yeah, just the love for it and that, you know, I think when I dabbled in it before, I didn't realize how much you had to do it to be good at it. So when I went in 2011, I was like, okay, I really have to do this now. So yeah, I'm trying to fit all these things in and do that, but I don't know. That's what I'm doing in my life. It's what I want to do, you know? Does it, I mean, how many dates, how many nights a week are you getting on stage? Three or four. Three, four. Now, now, where are some of the places you're going? Because are you getting quality um, stage time? Because that's the one thing yeah. I, I've learned out here. I think it's, it's all quality. Well, I mean, yeah, but I, you know, I mean, I'm, I was talking to a comic about this, and 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 I'm one of these people. Maybe because I did it for a long time and right. got back. But if I sit there, and I, if I go to a, a place where it's a bunch of just drunks yelling crap, right? Okay. To me, it's not worth it because you don't get a gauge of your material, uh-huh. and you don't, you know. But then, like when Jimmy's, you know, we try to get people to listen. Right. But I would, I, that was a very small show. I mean, sure. when you go somewhere and there's thirty-seven comics, yeah, you know, you know how it is, and you sit there and, and they want you to hang out, but you're sitting there going, I don't want to hang out and watch thirty-seven yeah, yeah, comics yeah. because they sit there and they drive you crazy. Yeah. I mean, so what? I mean, what do you consider good quality stage time, and what do you consider? Well, I not? would say I would agree with you to a point. Uh, I think. Those shows are good as long as they're not all the shows you're doing. Right. Okay. If you got a bar show where people are yelling at you, yeah. And then you're at the comedy store the next night, yeah. You're at the improv the next night, yeah. You're at this cool bar down in Koreatown that I do the next night, cool, right? So then you got a spectrum and you're able to kind of flex your material and make it work in any scenario. That's the way I kind of look at it, you know? Now, where are some of the places you're hitting? Like, I mean, in Koreatown. Yeah. What's the cool place in Koreatown? Oh, it's borderline Koreatown. It's called Karma Lounge. Okay. Uh, I know. Uh, well, do mm-hmm. Heather Terman used to book a show there. Yeah, I think she still does, no? Yeah, and then Do and Heather uh, do a show. Do does every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He does an open mic there. Right. And now it's a few acts booked after. Right. Which is, So that's a cool place? Yeah, I like it. Okay. It's so intimate. Now, do they have, do, is it crowd comics or is it people or what's it like? Usually it's, there's some people. They have regulars. Isn't that funny? We sit there and go, there's some people. It's like, it's yeah. like anywhere else you go, any other job, you sit there and go, hey, yeah, what do you do? Oh, I'm a dancer. Oh, uh, where do you, you know, like a strip club. You want to say, what do you, is there people? No, it's all their dancers. They're all dancers just come to watch. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny how comics talk because there, there is a certain lingo. It's also like you worked in a restaurant, right? Sure. Yeah. And I have. If, if you ever worked in a restaurant for more like two or three years and you waited tables or managed or whatever, to this day, I don't know if you do it, but to this day, if I'm out somewhere like at a, at a Macy's uh-huh. or whatever, I'm turning the corner, I always go, corner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you get so you got so used to that, right? Now, did you do that? Do it. Turn yell corner. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, well, you think it in your mind. You don't yell it. Do yeah. You? Well, I remember for years I used to go into record stores and because I used to work at a record store and I would rearrange the CD as a customer. I'd rearrange the CDs and the DVDs because I was just so used to doing that. Well, that's yeah. That's that's funny you say that because that always annoys me when you go to like Circuit City or something and and you look right. and there's like you're looking for the Bruce Springsteen and there's like a Bob Seger in there. You're like, wait a second. Uh, oh, and, and or they just do like a crappy alphabetizing uh-huh. or when they sit there and they have them alphabetized, mm-hmm. but then there's just like the, the lonely artists that don't get their own little, you know, their own little slot. Right. How, how did, did you love music? Is that why you worked in a record store? No, I just needed a job. I was 18. Well, you know what? I did love music. I was in a band at the time. Yeah, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah. I guess that was part of it. It was, you know, the warehouse, music, movies, and more. Remember okay, the where, yeah, I remember the warehouse. They used to have one right here in Burbank. Yeah, I got fired. And then, it, well, it's a warehouse. I mean, it's. I used to go in that warehouse, and I remember I got Springsteen tickets there once. It was uh-huh. this is guy. This was 
15 years ago, and they I wouldn't be going uh, line to get him. Uh-huh. And he's playing Dodger Stadium, and I went and I had a problem with my internet, so I drove down to the warehouse. And mm-hmm. I waited in line, and there was always like you know, there's always like that 45 year old record store guy who's got the beard <laughs> yeah. and like the name, and he's like, and he's so, and that, bless his heart because he's so proud. But he's like you know, it's like the people that you know they just they think they're musicians, sure. and you sit there and it's just you know. But that's so. So the record store though, now you've had, what what are some other weird jobs you've had? Oh wow, I've had some weird ones. I want to hear this because yeah. I always love people. <laughs> Weird jobs. Oh, I, oh, Steve, you've you've come to the right place. Well, we got time. We got uh, we got a half an hour. I, I, I want to hear some of your weird jobs. I was a DJ at a roller rink. Now, how how did how do you get into that? I okay. At the same time, I was a DJ at a jazz radio station in where Ep- in Ep- San Mateo, yeah, okay. California. And so I think at this, I was and I was interning for Fox Sports, and I think I looked at it as like, well, I should do other DJ things, you know, because this is kind of at the time I think I thought I was going to be a radio DJ. And oh, I was, but then continue it. Uh, and this was the roller rink that we grew up going to for our skate night, you know, as a kid. And so I got a job there uh, as a DJ. And also for kids' parties, I was the roller skating bear. Okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> okay so no, did you have to wear like a full bear Go outfit? Go on. So now I'm. This place I- was crazy. At night, we had two drive-by shootings. Really? Yes. So it was it was like ghetto, but families were there. Well, geographically, it's dead center. <laughs> dead. It's dead center between two of the toughest gang areas of the Bay Area. Well, at the time, at least. Hunter's Point in San Francisco and East Palo Alto, which at during that time, I believe was the murder capital of the United States. Okay. And so you have two kind of rival neighborhoods going to the center to skate and you're going to have a lot of friction and we had cops and everybody uh you know got checked shook down when they came in the whole place smelled like weed uh <laughs> you would get attacked if you played the wrong song i mean really? storm the booth because well, they they wanted the most they didn't want mainstream rap they wanted underground i've only heard of this on a mixtape and if you didn't have that song then they were coming toward the booth. And when fights broke out, you, you, you think, oh, roller skating ring, innocent fight? No, 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 no. When a fight broke out, guess what people are doing? Hitting each other over the head with roller skates. No, no. Metal. Ro- and they're, guess, guess. They're taking them off. And- guess who becomes one of the bouncers? The DJ. Now. <laughs> First of all, what's so funny about that is I didn't, I you know, I just from when my skating when I was uh-huh. younger, I didn't even know people skated to rap. Uh-huh. Okay, it seems like you have to be a really good skater to get into the cadence. Oh, by the way, yeah, if I could say that, incredible talent on that skate rink. Incredible roller skater. Now, are you a good roller skater? No. I'm okay. I'm good. So Okay, so now how do they sit there? You're the DJ, uh-huh. and you're working this job. You're uh-huh. doing, so you're, you're working your ass off, uh-huh. and then does management come up to you one time and say, uh, hey, by the way, by the way, Patrick, we want you to be the skating bear. No, I think it was just part of the gig. I forget. Uh so that yeah, that's what I mean. In the daytime, totally different feel. Little kids' birthday parties. You're the bear, and you know I got into it. I would go full out. I would try to become this live cartoon. I would go to the end of the rink and then skate full steam ahead in the bear costume into a brick wall and then fall and kind of get a little concussed. And when the kids see that, the first thing out of their mouth is "Do it again." <laughs> 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 and you're like, man, I'm a little woozy. Right. And uh, so there's a couple times where I, I hurt myself there. Now, so what are some of the other uh, weird jobs? Because I, I, you know, I, okay. I dressed up as a piece of corn once and gave soup go. out. But I, in my defense, like I paid thirty seven fifty an hour. So oh, I would have done that right. job now because that would have been like an eighty thousand dollar job with no pressure, just <laughs> giving soup out and you yell at people. Yeah. You're in a corn outfit. But now that was, I mean, I thought that was weird. But the roller skating bear, uh-huh. I think that that is right now to me is the probably the weirdest job. I mean, I know people who've worked at carnivals. Uh-huh. I know people who, and I've had some weird jobs. But the roller skating bear yeah. is like, and I, I, if you can top that, I'm going to be amazed. Uh, I went to a UCB improv show called Shitty Jobs. Okay, and where they take audience suggestions of jobs they had and they improvise scenarios based on them, and the audience votes what they want to see. And I told that, and it came in second. And the performers, actually Donald Glover, you know Donald Glover from, from uh, Community, Community, right? He comes up, he stops me after he grabs me. He's like, listen, man, I need you to come back to the show and say that again. We'll make sure it comes in first. We got to do that. That was the best one. I don't know how it came in second. 
Well, it's just funny. It's just it's so it's so yeah. bizarre because one, I mean, just the thought of roller skating uh-huh. and dressed as a bear. I mean, right. those costumes aren't light. No. And so to sit there and have to sit, oh, you know, and yeah. then you have to entertain the kids, and you sure. know, you, and the kids, you know, want to abuse you because yeah. that's what kids want to do at yeah. parties. So, what are some other crappy jobs yet? Well, okay, when I first moved, this is kind of a cool job. It's a unique one, though. When I first moved to L.A., my job was I changed and sold the advertisements in bars and restaurants in the restrooms, the restroom advertising. Oh, that little wall where yeah. you go in and you put the, uh, there's the, the, the three by five cards. Is that? No, no, no. no. The, the full on framed posters that are right above the urinal that you're staring at. Okay. And, or if you're uh, going number two. They're in the back door sometimes. Uh, well, back door, no pun intended. And <laughs> you're looking at those. Uh, I would say the unique, most unique part of that job, though, was we had a campaign for Charmin. And Charmin built in a toilet paper dispenser in their sign. And they also provided us with, like, the best Charmin toilet paper. But they didn't understand. I don't think they understood L.A., how crazy it is, and how, you know, to get around town. So they gave us way, 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 way too much toilet paper. We had to buy a storage room to store the toilet paper. And then finally the boss just comes up and says, you guys, you got to give this toilet paper away. And we're like, cool. So me and my roommate at the time, first thing we did, we turned the toilet paper into furniture. In our, oh, it was Conroe. Who was the guest? Okay, no, no. So, 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 so you turn it into furniture? <laughs> we both had the same job. Okay. I, I got him a job there. Uh we turned it into furniture in our apartment. So we would, you know, throw like a blanket over it and make it a table. But it was really just a giant box of Charmin. Would, but the, the toilet paper, okay, you didn't make actually like, you didn't make it like out of the toilet paper rolls. No. So no. you would just sit there. Well, that sucks. That makes sense. Yeah. And we gave it to all our friends. We go to do drop offs to all our friends in their apartments. Giant box of toilet paper. And this is like Charmin, you know, the best kind, ultra, whatever ply, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that and then I kid you not, I did not buy a toilet paper for five years. Well, that, that makes sense. And the thing is, though, <laughs> if you were at a party, that'd be great when people left because I mean, <laughs> everyone wants toilet paper. I mean, you know yeah. how it is when you worked in restaurants. Some yeah. people would be like, "Oh, I haven't bought toilet paper. I steal from the employee break room." Like, yeah. yeah, but that's the worst toilet paper. I mean, Charmin, you're talking right. grade A. I mean, you go, you can go to a bar yeah. and tell some girls, "Hey, I won't buy you a drink, but I'll give you four <laughs> rolls of Charmin." Four and, rolls, and, I got twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> so now, now I talked to you a while ago. I'm going to get off the jobs. Okay. Uh, the writing. Now you said you were writing. For for a YouTube series or something, or for a while oh, yeah. you're writing. I mean, have, are you concentrating? Because are you concentrating on doing some writing and writing some projects besides yeah, writing absolutely, projects? Absolutely. So, well, how did how did that come about? Oh, well, that's something I've kind of fallen into. I began. I've been working with this internet channel, Totally Sketch, which is very popular since 2009, off and on, and and I uh, do sketches with them. And uh, a lot of times when I do sketches with them, I also write or co-write them. And then I recently, in the last year, started writing for another internet personality, a fabulous, talented young woman named Sid Wilder. And uh, just recently, I think I'm going to start now writing for a young man named Hunter March, who works with Awesomeness TV, which is a Nickelodeon's kind of division that they're launching to uh, to reach out to the online audience, so to speak. So that's been a cool, yeah, cool little gig. And I, and I do my own sketches. I, I mean, I, I should probably finish uh, shooting them more. Uh, I am trying right now to write a stage musical. That's all I can really tell you right now. So it's very out there, though. It's not going to be your conventional musical, obviously. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and writing stand up all the time. And, you know, now, like, now, what do you write for these? Uh, the, you said like they're YouTube mm-hmm. personalities, and it's so funny. And YouTube is just fascinating that there can be something like there can be like a, a clip from an amazing comic that gets like. 10 views right and then there can be something that is some i remember there's this there's this heavy african-american girl going sitting on the toilet sitting on the toilet it's all she said yeah. thing had like 14 million views <laughs> okay. and so it's so crazy what happens in that, in that one kid who was like uh, talked about the um he became a star uh put your women children back we're gonna about the rape thing uh there was someone broke into a house down south oh I, yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and then they, they found. Yeah, they found the. Yeah, they, they found a news clip, and then he uh-huh. became giant. And it really sucks because all he did was talk about this news clip. Then I saw him on like two years ago on like a New Year's Eve show, and it's like all this guy was like, you know, talked, and they do that. They they animate it, whatever, yeah. sort of. So I mean, how do you how do you find these YouTube kids, or did they find you? What do you write for them? Not kids, but the people you're sketches. writing for. Writing sketches. Okay, so th- now do they bring you in the sketches? On occasion, okay. I, I've, I did one. Well, yeah, with Holy Sketch, I do. And uh, with Sid, I've done one. We just started working together. So we only technically shot. Oh, she shot two we've written. She usually comes with the concept, and I help. we help each other write it together. Um, yeah. And, you know, the thing about the challenge of that is writing for them. 
you know, just the three people I brought up are very different. You know, she's kind of this young, attractive uh, girl. And then the other guy is a good-looking young guy. And, and he's, you know, awesomeness TV. He's Nickelodeon, so you got to keep that in mind. Right. So I'm just entering into that now, but you got to keep that in mind. You know, Nickelodeon audience. And then there's Totally Sketchy. They can go sometimes pretty dark. Or, uh, right. Or so that, that's great sexy. that you're, you're, you're yeah. going across the room. Yeah, Cause yeah. yeah, Nickelodeon has to be very uh, mm. hard. It's so funny because, you know, writing stuff for kids is very hard. Mm. It's just like trying to write, like, bad humor on mm. purpose is very hard. I mean, it's right. so funny. I mean, I, there's this couple that I see on vine and the and instagram and and they don't try to write the bad humor uh-huh. and it's so so bad that i sit there and i watch it it's like a guilty pleasure because it's only like right. five seconds but writing bad humor is tough because people say you know write something that looks makes me look dumb uh-huh. and it's not easy because you have a good writing now your actor you talk about your family and your act your stand-up actor when i've seen you you talk about yeah. your, your mom and stuff like that mm-hmm. so how do you how did you decide to start talking about that because you do so many impressions but the time i've worked with you you really haven't done impressions right well i've always my favorite type of stand-up, what I look at, what entertains me, is the most personal stuff. I want to get to know the person on stage. And I feel like comedy's gotten away from that, that it, it's more so about, well, what's the most clever angle that nobody's talked about, that nobody's thought of, of what, like, say, a salt and pepper shaker looks like. You know what I mean? Right. And I want to know the person. I want to know who they are. So I always feel like if I can tell you something from my life that is naturally funny and make it funnier even, then that's the type of comedy I want to do. Now, do I stray from that? Of course. You know, we're all constantly evolving as comics and enhancing our voice and trying to find our voice and whatnot. Uh, But that's the kind of stuff I like to do for the most part. And that's you know, where it comes into play. My mom, I find her entertaining. People think she's funny. This is the fact she's this Irish immigrant. It's funny to people that she talks. They're like, your mom talks like that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, now, how so, does, she, does, she, does she know you do that on stage? Yeah, I've done it in front of her. Now, what does she, does she say, oh, that's not a good, is that, no, that's no, not a good no, impression no. or is she happy? <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> I don't think she says anything one way. Well, I have a joke about how she's very unresponsive to anything I do. Like I talk about on stage about how, you know, being on TV and then calling her and saying, Mom, uh, you know, like I'm always going to be my mom's son trying to get her approval. Like, Mom, did you see me on TV last night? She's like, oh, I don't know. I think I saw you there for a second. Right. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> Like, why don't you get on a good show like Castle? Right. That's a good show. <laughs> now, do you, do you do any drama? Do you audition for drama? Sure, yeah. Then uh, I've got a, you know, I did a horror movie a couple of years ago where I played a detective. I've got a movie coming out this year called Dirty Beautiful. It's got a comedic tint to it, but it's a pretty dark character in this. It's a kind of pivotal scene in the movie. Um, played a cop in this uh, kind of period piece with, what's his name? Robert Loja. The actor. Robert Loja. Yeah. I, I remember that. That was one of my favorite commercials. Right. I, I don't know if you remember this. There was a commercial for uh, orange juice. And it says, he goes, come on, uh, drink your orange juice. And the kid's like, why? He goes, because, you know, good something about, well, would Robert Loja do it? Yeah. And it shows Robert Loja. He goes, hey, Jimmy, <laughs> drink your orange juice. And he goes, why, thank you, Mr. Loja. <laughs> and it's just, Robert Loja is great. Yeah, yeah. Now, now the, the acting for the drama, is it, hard for you to tone it down because you know you 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 do a lot of you know your shows your live shows right. your characters are so character and even like you do that great ShamWow guy and uh-huh. stuff like that I've seen some of your clips you when you do them you you, you do characters that are very over the top like walking yeah. you know even like you know just you know the sure. Busey which what happened with the Busey Christmas what I mean what uh, it's just kind of we're gonna do it next year <laughs> we're gonna do it this year uh, I tried to put that together kind of haphazardly and there are other cast members in it, and they weren't able to be available. So I didn't want to put up a half-assed product. I want to wait until. No, once again, what yeah. makes you do a Christmas? I mean, okay, <laughs> people. He was going to do a show, a very Busey Christmas, I believe it was called. It's called Santa Busey. Now, now, how, now, what makes you sit there? I mean, because you do a good Busey, but when, what, once again, I want to know how, what makes your mind tick where you go, okay, I'm going to do a Christmas thing about Gary Busey. I mean, how did that come I, up? I don't know. It just kind of came to me. I think subconsciously, because in the past I had written a sketch about Walken being Santa in the Walken show. It just came to me. And I was wanting to do something else with the Busey character. So maybe those two things just kind of merged in my mind and went, okay, I'm going to write this. I, I wrote it. It's 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 going to be ready this year. I'll be doing it in December. Now, is it an hour show, a two-hour show? Yeah, or? Probably 45 to an hour. And yeah. it's about Christmas. 
Eh, it's about a lot of things. It's <laughs> but, but yeah. it's it's a Christmas show. Like like yeah. you know, instead of seeing the Rockettes, we can go see a, a Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> Now, what were you? I saw also because I, I, I see it's so funny because we're friends on Facebook. And the weird thing about Facebook is you'll see people's posts mm-hmm. and then they repost them, like not yourself, but Facebook reposted. Right. But there's a lot of people you don't see their posts for a while. Then you see right. your posts. And I saw something because I didn't see on your posts for a while. I think I saw you talking about sports or something. I don't know. But then I know, but it just, but I saw you were. Um, a pilot in something? Oh, that was a, the latest sketch I did with Totally Sketch. Uh, the YouTube space, which is a giant studio they built down there uh, in Playa Vista. Okay. Which or Playa del Rey, one of those. A, uh, they do a thing every month where they have a set. Like in October, they had a haunted house. Uh, that month, they had an airplane. Okay. And so if you are one of their artists, which they are, Totally Sketch, uh, you're allowed to use that set to shoot a sketch. So they wrote a sketch about, you know, being on a plane, and I was the pilot. Now, did you like that? Did you like being a pilot? Did you feel yeah. authoritative? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was this one speech, come on, at the end, where I just go, hey, everybody, thank you for flying. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was fun. Now, now, you said you're auditioning a lot now. Uh-huh, finally. Now, so, okay, so you went for a while after the show, and, you, and the show you got on your own, which mm-hmm. I think sometimes you must sit there and go, well, wait a second, you know, I'm with someone. Can right. they, why can't you? I, I got work myself. Did you ever get sit there and just say screw it? I just want I want to rep myself, or did you say no? I can't do that because it's it's no. hard because you need that. Yeah, you know, it only takes one opportunity. You know, I've had some great near misses in the past few months. And, like uh, what? Like like so? So I mean, can do, you you, want, do we want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I want to because no, because the thing I always think is yeah, it, everyone you, everyone has near misses. Sure. And I've got that from a lot of actors. Everyone has near misses, and and it's unbelievable. It's like things if you're proactive, things line up. Like people have near misses, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden. News, someone knows someone and this, and they get the part. Right. What were some of your near misses, and how do you keep handling them? I mean, well, you got to remind yourself that you're, you know, it means you're knocking on the door, hopefully, right? Right. At some point, if you're second place, you're going to come in first, right? Right? Steve, come on. I'm a firm believer. No, I'm a firm. No, I think that's like anything. Because that's one thing about yeah. you that I respect very much about you. Not the way you dress. No, I uh, I respect your hair. No, I respect that that you're um, you're very proactive. That's one thing I've noticed always about you. You uh-huh. always make stuff happen. And I think in that town, if you're proactive, eventually you're going to get your break. I mean, I've yeah. had guests on who sat there and they've been cast in a series mm-hmm. and then something was wrong. They didn't right. like the, the, the way it was cast and they've got fired after the table read. Right. I've had people who've been in five or six pilots yeah. that haven't got picked up, and but they still stick with it. Right. But so for you, you're always proactive. So, I mean, it, it's going to happen, but it's just yeah. a matter of when. Because I mean, And the funny thing is, looking back, you were also, and it, it, the cool thing I like about it is you're sitting there going, you know, I'm near miss, near miss. You were also recurring on a, on a a for two years on a, on a TV series on ABC. I mean, that's like stuff that people, you know, most people would be like, oh yeah, you know, this, but you never act like, oh yeah, I was on this show. So you're always going back to the drawing board. But like, what are some of the shows that, you know, that you've, what has, what are some of the auditions you've been getting? I mean, lately that you said you, you came close. Yeah. Well, like for me, to kind of, you know, respond to what you're saying there, I have to look at it as, it's still kind of a beginning for me. This is the first time I've ever, even though I've been in this town for years auditioning for these people. I think sometimes you get a little bit, they get a little suspicious, like, really? I've never met you before? And like, yeah, I swear, I've never, ever auditioned. You have a very familiar face, too. I mean, Um, mean, you have a look where you think you've seen you in something. Maybe it's because you have the the Jim Carrey look and that, but you have that familiar uniqueness. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and sometimes it takes them a couple times to to see you, to really fight for you. You know, not everybody's like, you're great. First, it's a fit. There's a lot of times a fit with casting. Um, I don't know, in particular... You know, is this is one of those ones where you just feel like everything, all the stars are aligned, and you're like, ah, oh, I didn't get it, but I, I got a. Uh, they're doing the movie Joe Dirt too. Okay. And they're. Let's oh, see. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, <laughs> but they, yeah, they're casting a, a young Christopher Walken for, I guess, a different scene in the movie, and uh, and so I ended up auditioning and having a callback, and you know, it was great. It was basically a meeting with david spade and fred wolf which were like comedy giants and so that was pretty awesome you know but i didn't get it <laughs> well that's funny because you know and that's one of those things when you say things line it's like because you did walk in and uh, you did this show i mean it's like come on you know and the worst is like if, if they have some guy who's like not that good of a walk and you're, you're gonna be like you're gonna watch right. it and you know what, what right. the hell so now what else have you been auditioning for now do you do commercials yeah. at all do you audition commercials or no I, i'd like to but yes, I mean, because you have a good commercial look. I mean, yeah. just but you just something that you don't really want to do, or uh, no? I mean, I'd like to. I just can't seem to. 
to get the auditions. But you have that nice home. I could see you selling orange They're juice. They're not casting that name anymore, Steve. They're casting guys with beards or paunchy. Come on. No, come on. I mean, I'm I, serious. I, I don't, I'm not getting calls for my agent, and I'm, I'm bald and cross-eyed. I'm like the perfect for commercials. I'm like the creepy guy. No, I, always, I always get the feedback of like, you're too all-American. You're too all-American. You're too all-American. Looking. Really? Yeah, yeah. So that's like, but that's but that's good for the father. But then that sucks. Is that it's the thing where then you're too right. charactery for the father, yeah, or too, too young, youthful. I think. But uh, I don't know. You know, just, look, I just been take the general approach of I just keep grinding my gears, keep working hard. Things will happen. Yeah, well, like, what's a day in your life like? I mean, you know, you sit there, like, you get up. I mean, you know, are you always? focusing on your career yeah i mean i mean no seriously or <laughs> yeah. do you sit there do you are it's like some people i know who like are actors or comics or like they go out every night and they get hammered and uh-huh. then they sit there and then they talk about how they got hammered and then they don't do anything and then they they wonder why they don't get any work i mean what, what what's a day like in your life i mean what like a, a normal like a like a wednesday or a thursday yeah i mean i mix it up a bit but it usually involves some sort of writing uh, you know right now i'm more focused on summer school and just rewriting my stand-up i uh you know, maybe submit myself for some roles and then go like read ESPN. <laughs> and do what? Read ESPN. Oh, you, don't, you, 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 you read it, you don't watch it? <laughs> no, I read articles. Grantland, podcast, Bill Simmons. I, do you like Simmons? Yeah. I like him too, but it seems like sometimes he just says stuff that gets suspended. Well, yeah. Oh, know? no, he just says stuff. Yeah, he just says stuff. It's like, you know, I like Kornheiser. Are you a, I love part of the interruption. Yeah, I, I, I love right. Tony Kornheiser. Yeah. Now, what, what's your take on this? You know, you should do an impression of. Huh. I'm just saying. I'm telling you how to do your act now, <laughs> because he's so over the top, and he's just and you, the guys you do are nice. Well, the Shamal guy, you don't hate him, right? You know, because he, he's just a goofball, right. and and everyone likes Christopher Walken and Jim Carrey. Right. You do a great Jim Carrey, and everyone loves Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. You should do uh, Skip Bayless. Oh yeah, because huh. he's such a dick, and you have the reddish <laughs> hair, and 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 you have you you're one person, and you never see anyone doing Skip Baylesses. No, no. I, I guarantee if you did a Skip Bayless and posted that on your Twitter or posted it somewhere, I guarantee. Because I was reading after he's he's uh, a Cowboys fan, I was reading all the people. People were telling him to die. Uh-huh. People were telling him, we hate you. Oh, you're a crybaby. You should do that. I mean, you could pull that off. I mean, how do you when you're going to do an impression? How do you start to do the impression? Do you just practice it, or what happens? I don't know. I don't really do them that much anymore, but. They've always kind of just, I just started doing them. I never stopped and went, I'm going to really study this person. You know, I think the advantage, I'd always done the Jim Carrey because I look similar to him, but it, I thought it got significantly better, obviously, because I got to kind of hang out with him for three months, you know? Right. And, uh, uh, I think it's the same with, like growing up, I always imitated friends because I hung out with them. So it just kind of, their voice was in my head constantly. So it was, it was easy to do that. But I don't, yeah, I don't actively seek out. The last time I did that, I would say it was a couple of years ago, and I haven't done this in a couple of years. But you know, I said, oh, I'd really like to make a Christoph Waltz video, and so I did study him and, and made a little YouTube video of him. That's about he, it. He's he's great. Yeah. I just did you see uh, uh, Big Eyes? No. Very good. He's just he's mm-hmm. so he's just it's so funny because it's whatever that guy is in. Mm-hmm. He gets nominated. Oh yeah, and the funny thing is, he was like he was like a soap opera actor in Germany oh, really? until Tarantino found him. He was like, and Tarantino saw him or something, and you know how Tarantino casts. Yeah. He just goes, uh, you know, this guy because Tarantino yeah. gets just some weird casting, yeah. and that's what's great. That's what makes Hollywood great. Yeah, people yeah. like him. But yeah, now it's like that's the like glorious bastards. That's like Carl Reiner. I was watching the because Carl Reiner directed Summer School. Okay, and I was watching the DVD commentary of the. Actors. Wait, wait, Carl Reiner, the older Reiner. Or Carl, Rob Reiner. Carl Reiner. The the father. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know he... He, he uh, and so the actors are talking about auditioning for the movie, and, you know, they're like, yeah, I went in, you know, and Carl Reiner was in the room. It was my first audition, and, I, you know, I just read a few lines, and, and then he said, you're great, you're perfect, get out of here, you got the part. And he's like, like what? I don't have auditions like this. He's like, yeah, get out of here, you got the part. <laughs> now, have you gone to any auditions where there's someone in the room that intimidates you or you're a fan of, and did it affect your audition? Not intimidated, but... It was really cool, that, like I said, to have almost a little meeting with David Spade and, and Fred Wolf. That was cool. Anyone else? Nah, for the most part. You know, they're doing so much stuff on tape now. You know. Now, do you tape uh, when you when you do a tape? Do you what do you use? Do you use your? Do you have a certain camera? No, or? I don't mean self tape. I mean that's what they do. Okay, no, because then a lot of people I see right. people on Facebook going, "Oh, I got to tape an right. audition. I got to." Now, do you ever get things where you have to tape yourself and send it in? I haven't. I haven't gotten those kind of requests. No, <laughs> I haven't. Well, you should. Well, yeah, you have, you have a good reel. I know you've. I've done it proactively before. I've done it where I said, 
hey, I just got these sides anyway in audition, so try to send this to this show. To my manager, and he's like, ah, okay. Yeah. Now, what's your I website? You have, you, could you, I know you, you, you work. You, I remember you had a reel. I was on your old reel. I, I was. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was your audio. But was, was that an sure. audio reel? That was just like, yeah, clippings of different things like this, you know, podcasts. I don't know. I try to have a reel for everything. Well, specific, a comedy reel, a drama reel, a comedy drama reel. This is me being a cop. They seem like they're going in the, in the avenue of specificity now. You know, if you okay. can show them and nail it right on. Now, look, I could play a cop because I played a cop before. Now, what do you think? What do you think is the perfect role for you? Like, if someone said, uh, okay, what, I mean, you know, for me, I mean, yeah. I could play like a creepy stalker or something. Right. But what if you said, okay, here's a role, and the role that you, if you got the audition, you said you would sit there and go, I know this, I can nail this. Is there a certain character or role that, that would be? Yeah. I mean, it, there's a few. I think I could be a really good kind of best friend on a sitcom. Okay, I could see that. Uh, I think I could be a really good Ari Gold type of character from Entourage. All right, all right. Uh, I was cast in a movie like that years ago, but they ended up canceling the movie. It was it was almost like they wrote that role. That was another near miss. <laughs> wrote that role before that role came out, and then Entourage came out a few years after that. Um, and I don't know. I used to get this when I was younger, and this is really appealing to me that people. Like young filmmakers in San Francisco, they I want to write a movie where you're like a James Spader preppy killer type guy. I could see that, and I, I no, I could see because you have that preppy look, <laughs> right. and I just think also I personally think also uh-huh. in the drama aspect. I mean, uh-huh. of course, James Spader's preppy is yeah. drama. I think you'd be a, a good one of those just psycho. Like like on Criminal Minds, uh, yeah, yeah. like some of those people. Because I, I watched, I just started watching that show, and, yeah. and that's some creepy ass stuff. Yeah. I think I have two nice, nice uh, teeth for those roles. No, but not, you could be like. The, <laughs> I'm serious though. Really? I think I, that's a part of casting. Like visually, you go, ah, guys, and teeth are you nice? I don't know. I, just, I think you'd be good at that. Cause I think because you you have because you can do the you can do the. Uh, impressions so i think you have a good range i think you'd be mm. great to sit there and be like just one of those neighbors that's just yeah. like the, the creepy like a raphael zabarge type you know right. like, who's you know do you know who he is no he's been in a bunch of stuff and he's he was a, a young actor and then he's sure. been around forever but you got that kind of look we got a few minutes left okay. uh, what do you what do you want to plug on coming up we got about you know, talk about your 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 twitter no your what's your twitter account at trick sully t-r-i-c-k-s-u-l-l-y some people don't understand this i don't know why that stands for patrick o'sullivan yeah, I I, I I didn't know until you just explained it. I didn't I didn't get it. Come I'm on, but come I, on, people. But I, I did the crispy uh, the crispy show. Yeah, and I I till I did it, I I never understood it was where his name is crispy. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was like something to do with donuts, like Krispy Kreme. Right, like, right. What the hell is it? so? So the tricks like now do you tweet a lot? Sure. And then do you do jokes or do you put what do you put up? I do jokes and promote shows. That's about it. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And now your website is no, that's it. I don't have one. I thought you had a website. Nah. What do you? Where are all your reels going? What do you mean? They're, but, on, they're online, on, on YouTube, on what? Vimeo, on my on my actor profile. Do, do you have a YouTube chase station? A yeah, channel? Tri- Trick Sully. Oh, that's Trick Sully. So that's <laughs> Twitter and that. <laughs> and now, now, how much? Uh, how, what are some of your comedy shows coming up? Well, I well, I got the summer school show January thirtieth, thirty first. That's uh, at the complex, which is on uh, Santa Monica, Little Santa Monica. No, uh, Santa Monica Boulevard and Wilcox in Hollywood. Okay. And you know, I'll be tweeting whatever random stand up shows I'm doing at bars or clubs. Uh, I know I'm headlining the bar residuals on the 28th. Residuals. It's right there in, uh, I think, Studio City on Ventura. I've heard of that. Wait, uh, that, that used to be, uh, I think it used to be uh, Spotlight Cafe. Really? I'm not sure. I think it's been around for years. You, you bring in a residual check, you get like a free beer. Oh, uh, really? Oh, no, <laughs> residual. Okay. Now, who books that? Uh, Mark Mamone. I know who that is. Young kid. Okay. A I lot s- of tattoos. Okay. Residuals I've heard of. I, I'm thinking of it. There used to be a different club that TK uh, booked. It was called the Spotlight Cafe. Okay. And that was on Ventura Boulevard. It's a pretty cool hmm. place. It was actually a club. Hmm. And uh, and so you do that. And now on Facebook, do you, do you, do you, you post a lot on Facebook? Silly. Tricks. But it, it's, now do you have a fan page or is it just you? Yeah, I got a fan page. Nobody looks at those anymore. I don't. I, I have an updated. Facebook fan pages. Those those were a thing for a second. I haven't updated the Cooper Talk fan page yeah, yeah, yeah. since Nobody like last year because it's like you just find me. It's Twitter, Instagram. You know what I mean? And then they decided YouTube. They decided they like you. And uh, well, good luck, man. I hope you get some auditions. You Thanks. know, and nail some stuff because you're very talented. He's a very talented guy. Follow him at Trick Sully because he's uh, he's he's funny. I've seen his act. He's funny. I wouldn't lie if he was because a lot of people I think aren't funny, but he's funny and he's got a lot of talent. And else he wouldn't be back here for the second time if he didn't have a lot of talent. That's all I'm saying. 
But I want to thank you for coming thank on. Thank you. And uh, people, so follow him at Trick Sully. Also follow me at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. I tweet a lot. I tweet some funny stuff. Uh, go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have, right now, I think it's 328 episodes up. A lot of great uh, actors up there. And, you know, it's always happy. And if you go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, type in one word, coopertalk.net, you can find me there. iHeart, I just had some episodes up that really didn't work out, so we're not we're not talking about that. Um, stand-up, I'm not really doing any stand-up, but I'm going to tell you this, people. I'm going to look soon for my book, Stop the Salt. That will be coming out, so follow me on Twitter. I'll give you that when the release is. And keep listening, and i got to tell you, I'm going to give a shout-out to All Radio X, who plays my show on Saturdays, uh, WSDI in Chicago.com that plays my show, Rant Radio Network that plays my show. They're all great. The 405media.com plays my show. Listen, because they all have great talent on them. And I'm also going to be start playing on Wildfire Radio, which is great, because Relief Pitcher, which William, Mitch Williams has a show there, my good friend Joe Matarese has a show there, and Philadelphia comedy legend Big Daddy Graham has shows there. So check that out, WildfireRadio.com. That's coming soon. So don't forget, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. I will talk to you next week.